Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Five, one thousand. Four, one thousand. Three, one thousand. I am the father. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Are you one of those single-tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howl through the night. They cry out for their true queen. I'm Batman. Name's Bond. James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. <gasps> Go ahead. Make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM, 89.3. Commence primary ignition. There's so many Batmans, and the latest that's in the cinemas right now is titled The Batman. But before you watch the movie, and even if you did, here's what you need to know about the Cape Crusader, the Dark Knight, or any other name that he goes by with. May 1939, that's when Batman first made his appearance in Detective Comic Number 27. The very first Batman story, The Case of the Chemical Syndicate, cost only 10 cents. A copy of the comic was sold for $1.07 million in 2010, and it's only six pages, unlike the graphic novels of today. In the early drawings of Batman, the character wore a black bat mask, a black cape, and a grey suit held together with a yellow belt. Reading this comic book story, you won't figure out why Bruce Wayne became Batman, as there's no backstory. It's only revealed in later stories. So why did he choose to be Batman? Why not Raccoon Man or Owl Man or any other nocturnal animal? Why did he choose the bat? It's because Bruce Wayne has chiroptophobia which is the fear of bats. You see, when Bruce Wayne was a child, he fell down a well and there were bats flying all over and above him. So as a grown-up, although he still has that phobia, he faces his fear by being Batman and uses it to turn against his enemies. Does he still have a fear of bats? Yes. And bats are not the only thing he's afraid of. He's also afraid of losing his loved ones and people close to him because of his traumatic past of losing his parents. In a way, he also blames himself for his parents' death. As an only child, his parents took him to an opera, and little Bruce was afraid uh, during a scene at the opera, and he wanted to leave immediately. So his parents agreed and left the theatre. And since they were alone in the alley, because the crowd was, you know, still in the theatre, they were mugged by a man, and then the man shot and murdered his parents right in front of him. In the origin story, Detective Comic number 33, they were walking home from a movie instead of the opera when that happened. Different writers changed it here and there but kept the gist of it. Now, because of this, Bruce Wayne suffers from PTSD in some way, you know, when the past comes back to haunt you. It happens to all of us. A traumatic past can come back to haunt us and it can stifle us from doing something great or it can make us challenge it, overcome it and do something that we'll be proud of. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. From the comic books came the 1960s TV series, which starred the late Adam West as Batman. That TV series was close to what reading a Batman comic book was. Because when there was a punch, 
There were the words on the screen in bold going kapow, wham, bam, and so on. That was during the fight scenes. There was also a movie based on the series with Adam West as Batman, and that was released in 1966. I remember watching the TV series, and it was one of my favorites. I love Batman's yellow utility belt, and I remember one scene from the movie version when Batman was trying to get uh, to his yacht from his Batcopter when it vanished underneath him. Robin was flying the Batcopter over the sea, and Batman was hanging on a rope ladder, or should I say a bat ladder, uh, and then there was the shark that was biting Batman's leg, and he's hitting it with all his might, uh, but the shark doesn't let go. So he calls out to Robin to hand him over the shark-repellent bat spray. Batman then uses the spray to spray on the shark's eyes until it lets go of his leg and falls to the sea. <laughs> and explodes. It's a hilarious scene when you look at it now, but it was supposed to be a serious scene back then uh, because of the music that suggested so. Just thinking about it makes me want to laugh even more. Now, I also love the Batman theme for the TV series, and I love the Batmobile, which I'll be touching on next. Stay with me here in the Batcave. Money FM 89.3. I'm Colin Gomez, and this is Movie Magic. And in today's episode, it's all about Batman and what you need to know about the Cape Crusader. Let's focus on the Batmobile now. The 1960s version was a two seater car without a top. Now, I wanted to say convertible, but I stopped myself short from doing so, as unlike a convertible that covers the top, the 60s Batmobile doesn't do that at all. The seats were separated from each other by a divider that has a police beacon in the center. The car is black with red trimmings and it has a red bat logo. Then came the 1989 Batmobile, driven by Michael Keaton as Batman. The car is actually built over a Chevrolet Impala and it had a V8 engine. It's a two-seater car as well and had a Rolls-Royce turbine right in the middle in front of the car. It's all black and it looks mean. It's one of my favorites. This version has bombs, machine guns, disc launchers, voice command operation with a recognition system, oil dispensers, and smoke emitters. It also has the famous bat missile mode, which helped navigate narrow openings. And it had a bat-like appearance. Then came the Batmobile driven by George Clooney as Batman. That car had a bat appearance too, but it was too colorful with blue lights glowing from the inside revealing something like a rib cage. The same can be said for the Batmobile driven by Val Kilmer in Batman Forever. It looked more like a Bangmobile than a Batmobile, and I didn't like both of them. Then came the Bat Tumbler in Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins, driven by Christian Bale as Batman. That was my favorite Batman trilogy among all the Batman movies that were made. Ben Affleck's Batmobile is also mean and it looks like a tank but that's the only good thing about the two movies that Ben Affleck was in as Batman. Well, if you count Jack Snyder's Justice League, then it's three. Oh yeah, and the suit, that was really nice too. But that's about it about 
those movies. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. The new Batmobile in the latest movie, The Batman, is 60s inspired, and I really like it. It has a steel bumper that runs around the car, and it's about seven feet wide if you look at it from the front. You might think twice before going head on with this car. The engine is at the back of the car, and it's a massive V8 exposed engine which pushes the car to ultimate speeds. And it's an all wheel drive. And what you see in the movie is the real car being driven. It looks like it was built by Bruce Wayne himself in his own garage without the help of anyone uh, that he could pay to make it fancy. Bruce Wayne is a billionaire after all, so why didn't he get a fancy car, one might ask. The car is also a homage to the original Adam West Batmobile with the red lights that enhance the black. The car looks like an American muscle car. That's what it looks like, actually. So among all the Batmobiles, my favorite is... Can I have a drum roll here? Well, that's actually the bat theme there. Is the Adam West TV series Batmobile. Maybe because I grew up watching the series, and maybe, just maybe, it reminds me of a James Bond car. But it has a lot more gadgets than a Bond car and the rest of the Batmobiles. However, it doesn't have guns, bullets, or bombs. But did you know that the first few comic books of Batman did not have any Batmobiles? His vehicle was called the Bat Gyro. No, it has nothing to do with the automatic money transfers. The Bat Gyro looked like a plane with wings, but it had helicopter blades above it. It made its debut in Detective Comic number 31 back in September 1939. The Bat Gyro was replaced by the Bat Plane in Batman comic number one in March 1940. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Now, if you're a Batman fan, you'd know that, just like James Bond, he has a lot of gadgets. He has no superpowers. It's his gadgets that help him fight crime. But unlike James Bond, where the gadgets may be hidden in a watch, you know, a cigarette lighter, chewing gum, glasses, etc. Batman has most of his gadgets hidden in his utility belt. In the 60s, his utility belt was yellow. And that was also seen in the TV series with Adam West as Batman. In 1977, the animated Batman made its debut on TV. It was called The New Adventures of Batman and it had Adam West voicing the Cape Crusader. The series continued airing under different names until 1981. By then, I just finished secondary school. Then in the 80s, the comic book version of Batman stories took a dark turn. The penmanship of Frank Miller, Chris Claymont, and Adam Moore made it that way. Frank Miller made Batman the Dark Knight and the Joker was very, very scary in those comics. Sorry, I stand corrected. Graphic novels. In the 90s, an animated movie emerged. Batman, Mask of Phantasm. I loved it and wanted more. As if my voice and the voices of millions were heard, it was followed by Batman, the animated series. It was produced by the same people, so the animation was exactly like the movie. And it has the same cast voicing the different characters. One of the characters was voiced by Mark Hamill. Yes, Luke Skywalker of Star Wars. He voiced the Joker and played that role for many seasons. 
he gave that joker character many different types of laughs. Evil laughs, cynical laughs, hysterical laughs, and so on. He didn't stick to just one laugh. I, I know, I know, I know. You're saying this episode is not about the Joker, but what makes Batman great and the most beloved superhero of all time is his nemesis. Here's a list of his nemesis. And tell me, who can top these villains? In no order of evilness, there's Two-Face, Mr. Freeze, Scarecrow, Poison Ivy, the Count, the Count of Owls, Deathstroke, Bane, the Riddler, Catwoman, and, of course, the Joker, and, and there's many more. Batman has the best villains, and that is what makes him great. The Batman, which is playing in theaters right now, is extremely dark, and the villains are twisted as ever. It is not meant for kids, but it's meant for the kids that grew up with Batman in the 60s. Now, I must warn you, it's three hours long, so... Don't drink too much before and during the movie as that will make you very uncomfortable when you hold back your pee. No, stick around after the credits roll as there's a riddle to solve. Well, since this is Money FM, I'd like to say that Bruce Wayne is worth $80 billion. And I hope you didn't throw away your old Batman comics or your children's comics because it may make you a millionaire if the comic is rare, or if it's the first edition and in good condition. Oh, I almost forgot. The soundtrack of The Batman, that's in the theaters right now, is done by one of my favorite movie score composers, Michael Giacchino. He also did the theme for Disney Pixar's Up, Ratatouille, and so on. And although I like all his compositions, my favorite Batman theme is by Danny Elfman. I just love how it goes. Oh, it's just lovely. I'm Colin Gomez, and I call myself the Dark Knight because I am dark. Money FM 89.3.